My name's Jalen. And my name's Morgan. And you're listening to the Trademark Productions 301 The Redirect Podcast. 301 The Redirect. Welcome back. If you're new here, Trademark Productions is a web development and digital marketing agency that creates a beautiful world through great functional websites and enticing content to educate our clients to reach business success online. The 301 The Redirect podcast is where we give you the rundown on the latest web and digital marketing topics. So this week we're discussing search engine optimization as free advertising and the marketing perceptions that we've been hearing a lot lately. About two weeks ago, two documentaries about the Fire Festival were released. So in case you don't know what the Fire Festival is, it was pretty much a music festival that was planned by co-founders Billy McFarlane and rapper Ja Rule, where they wanted to have a two-weekend festival in the Bahamas. So in a short amount of planning, a bunch of unfortunate events happened, which led to fraud, attendees being misled, and workers in the Bahama being used and left high and dry. So Netflix announced their documentary first. It was called Fire, the Greatest Party That Never Happened. Hulu also made a documentary, but the release date was not originally advertised. Netflix announced their release date to be Friday the 18th, and they had a review embargo that was set to be lifted on the Tuesday before the release of the documentary. For a quick clarification on what a review embargo is, uh, it is when individuals are able to see a film or a piece early. They have time to write and process their thoughts about it. In return, they have to sign a review embargo and not run any sort of media coverage until an agreed upon date and time. Hulu got word of the date of the release embargo, and they decided to release their own documentary the same day as the review embargo. So this was actually such a brilliant campaign to get the word out there using SEO and some paid media, but mostly relying on SEO to Mm -hmm. get the word out about their documentary. So because the review embargo was lifted, all the people that had access to the documentary early and had written reviews on it were now releasing their news articles and reviews and really just creating a buzz for the Netflix documentary. So while all of these people were searching for a Fire Festival documentary, Firefest, um, you know, all of these related search queries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first paid result they were getting was a direct link to Hulu's documentary about the Fire Festival. On top of using search engine optimization to get people to watch their documentary, Hulu also paid influencers and news outlets to cover the story and create even more hype and also kind of create this narrative where Hulu was this badass who, you know, decided to release their documentary and kind of, you know, outshadow Netflix. Right. And because Hulu knew about this lift of the review embargo, they also took their keywords as well. So if anybody would search Netflix Fire, it will automatically come up as Hulu's version because they did take that tactic away Mm -hmm. from them. And since Netflix wasn't really planning a whole media campaign to happen the day of the review embargo, there was no competitor regarding bidding on those search terms. And who kind of, you know, no matter who you were, where you searched from, you got the first result to be Hulu's documentary. Right. And honestly, as a competitor, that was a pretty smart strategy for them to Mm -hmm. take their keywords and use it because they did use that strategy to their advantage. So they wanted to make sure that a lot of people knew about their documentary before the Netflix one. Because in my opinion, I saw that Netflix had the um, documentary. They had a trailer, but I didn't know anything about the Hulu version until 
it actually dropped. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was a really good tactic for them because most music artists, for example, when they do like CDs and whatnot, they don't promote it anymore. They don't like Mm -hmm. count down. They just literally release it. Yeah. So I feel like that was a good tactic for Hulu. Definitely. And it also kind of worked out, I think, both in Hulu and Netflix's favor in that it got people talking about both documentaries Mm -hmm. and it got people wanting to see both and compare them. Right. Because originally, had they been released separately, had only one of them released a documentary on Firefest, mm-hmm. I probably would not have watched it, if we're being honest. Yeah. But because of, you know, this war going on between Hulu and Netflix, mm-hmm. creating documentaries on the same topic, I decided, you know, I want to watch both of them. And right. I want to see, you know, which one I like better. Right. And then talk to my friends like, oh, which one was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think in the end, it worked out in both yeah. Hulu and Netflix's favors. Yeah. Because we do have our preferences. Like, I know I prefer Netflix a lot better. And nothing, I don't think anything is wrong with Hulu, but I just prefer Netflix better. So to mm-hmm. see that contrast between these two streaming services, I think was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, after the release of both of the documents, the Firefest's Twitter page came back to life. So the social media consultant that was mentioned and shown in the Hulu version documentary He is the one that's behind the social media. Um, So he basically is out trying to protect his name, protect Mm -hmm. his um, legacy and his career. But I just thought it was pretty interesting that after basically almost two years, this page comes back to life. And he's like, no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. Or he's trying to like deflame or he's trying to defame um, the former company that he worked for in a sense. Which... I don't know if the, if that was the smartest move for him. Be- no, because it's now weird. it's yeah because now he's putting his name out there and mm-hmm. further you know connecting himself to this disaster of a festival. Whereas right. had he just you know left the Twitter page as it was and just kind of kept quiet and you know moved on with his life, right. I don't think his name would have been heavily connected with this. Yeah, and it's not like the page picked up any more following. Like they True. still have about less than 4,500 followers. So no one knew was following this page, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was a tactic just to clear his name, but it's just like, mm-hmm. it, it's just it doesn't like matter. It's just kind of like a dead horse. Yeah, pretty much. So out of both of the documentaries, I actually preferred the Netflix version. So this version only focused on the festival itself. They took us from the beginning, middle, and end, And everything else in between, they had former employees talk to the documentary's producers. So I just thought that was a more well-rounded and interesting look and seeing all the Mm -hmm. previous footage of how this festival just was a doom from the start. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, I feel like it was the best thing that they could have done was include everybody like that. Yeah, I think the Netflix documentary was definitely more in-depth on the festival itself. Personally, I think it was better produced, which is kind of a given because Netflix has boatloads of money. Right. Mm -hmm. They mentioned the other day in an article that Netflix doesn't even see Hulu as their biggest competitor. Mm. They see, believe it or not, Fortnite as their biggest competitor. Really? Yeah, which is really interesting. But um, it just goes to show, you know, how much money Netflix has. So obviously they're going to make a better produced version of the um, documentary. Right. But I liked the topic of Hulu's documentary more because to me it was more interesting because it was kind of about the psychology of the guy that put this all on and how he was a compulsive liar and it kind of 
dove more into his career and how he got to this point versus mm-hmm. focusing just on this soul aspect of his career. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as well produced, but I found it to be a, a little bit more entertaining, but that's just personal preference. Yeah. I liked both versions and I did like how they actually had Billy sit down and interviewed him directly mm-hmm. after all of this backfired on him. Mm-hmm. But then again, it was just like, I know all of his answers already because he basically said it when the yep. festival kind of was just like going downhill. Mm-hmm. So and it was all just of his answers were lies anyway. Exactly. So. Exactly. So it was, they're two different perspectives. I thought they were both really good, but like Morgan said, the Netflix one was produced way better mm-hmm. and focused more than the Hulu one kind of jumped around. It jumped around a bit. Yeah. yeah. Which again, just, you know, documentaries are hard to make um, yeah. because, you know, there's so much information that goes into them and there's so many different people you want to talk to, but right. all of the conversations that you have separately with different people aren't all going to merge together. So I understand, you know, it's hard to make a documentary, mm-hmm. which is why Netflix ended up just doing it better. Um, but I, I did like the direction that Hulu took on the whole fire fest with this, uh, What's his name? McFarland. Billy. <laughs> Billy mm-hmm. um, with Billy McFarland. Yeah. So I found there's more interesting, but Netflix's ultimately was better. Right. And I just read an article that said the Netflix documentary still had about 50 more people that they wanted to interview. Interesting. So I'm just like, how? Like, yeah. I feel well, there like so many people involved in that. Yeah. But it's like, you don't want to get too many opinions yeah. because it'll just be too much just get lost so it's like dealing with the managers the higher-ups executives Mm -hmm. i feel like are good but then you also need the people who were actually in the dirt of it like Mm -hmm. doing everything like the workers and i know that they did cover some of them with both documentaries but they Mm -hmm. probably want to cover a little bit more yeah but time restraints budget just a lot of different Mm -hmm. factors probably went into this yeah for sure So this goes into marketing and how it gets a bad rep. So we know that marketing is an online tactic where you can use social media, Mm -hmm. you can use any kind of um, digital platform, websites, photography, videos to end up capturing your audience. Mm -hmm. So with this documentary, it kind of highlighted some things about marketing, which I can understand if people feel a little skeptical about it Mm -hmm. and why they don't give into here's $50 for like, you know, a gif or movie or Mm -hmm. something and um you get this in return i get why people are a little skeptical because they these attendees were sold a dream Mm -hmm. and it looked nice on social media but once they got there it was a complete nightmare yeah the fire festival had a killer marketing team yep Mm -hmm. you know even in the documentary they say uh that billy was hiring the best of the best for this festival and the whole media campaign and you know use of influencers it was all brilliant and it worked so well which is why this became such a huge thing exactly and Um, sold out completely yeah and nobody even knew who this guy was but sold out of everything in a matter of days or weeks yeah because the marketing just made it look luxurious yeah it made it look like Mm -hmm. you know the event of the century that if you were somebody you needed to be at this event Mm -hmm. um and so the marketing worked brilliantly but there was such a disconnect between the marketing team working on this and what was actually going on which they covered a little bit in the netflix documentary saying that jerry media who was the one that did 
the uh, promotion for this whole event that they mm-hmm. didn't really know what was going on and they were told to just keep going with the campaign and just, you know, keep going on as normal. Right. Which and you really can't blame them for it because, you know, they're just getting these directions. You know, the Bahamas are a far way away from where they exactly. were. Um, so you can't blame them for, you know, continuing to carry out this false advertising, essentially. Exactly. And they were told to eliminate the source so if somebody yeah. had a bad comment, a negative comment. That was um, a little shady. It was. So they were just told, like, delete it, screenshot it, delete it, we'll respond to it, send them to this email. But mm. then the email thing wasn't even working. Yeah, no one was monitor- monitoring so, the emails. Exactly. So then they had to come back and it would be like, well, the email isn't working. They got comments. They got direct mm-hmm. messages. So that is the shady part because as marketers and communicators, we want to get to the message first. Or get ahead of the message first mm-hmm. so we can keep our narrative. So that was a complete red flag to me because don't yeah. ignore me. And I spent all of this money to yeah. come to your festival. Like and five, sometimes six figures. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you're ignoring me and you can't even tell me about my flight mm-hmm. information. So yeah, that was definitely yeah. and a I, red flag. Yeah, And I think as a marketing company they should have known better. Yeah. You know, even if they didn't know exactly what was going on with the festival and they were told to just, you know, keep posting as normal, you can't blame them for that. But you can right. you can blame them and, you know, kind of shun what they did in regarding deleting comments and ignoring people that had anything bad to say. Yeah. And, you know, that that's just irresponsible as marketers. Yeah. Even a message like we are managing Mm-hmm. This social account on behalf of Fire Festival, we do not have the information, but yeah. when we get the information, we'll pass along to you and not just completely ignoring the messages because yeah. that doesn't send a good message or a good feeling out to people. Yeah. So do you think this whole campaign was false advertising? I think or it was false marketing. It was something more than that. I mean, it was false advertising. You can't blame Jerry Media for the false advertising because they were given materials and, you know, that was all they had to go off of. Mm -hmm. Had they known what was going on with the festival, they would be in big trouble. However, regarding Billy, he should be, you know, audited by the FTC for all the false advertising, all the false promises he made, Mm -hmm. you know, showing these villas that didn't exist. It was something much larger. Yeah, and it wasn't even an actual picture of the villa, which is even more skeptical. They were just sketches. Yeah. So to have a sketch and not know how you're going to, like, actually Mm -hmm. create it was just mind-blowing as well because Mm -hmm. they only had about three or four months to plan this entire festival. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any experience in it. And all of a sudden, we have, like, these luxurious, like, villas with Mm -hmm. three bedrooms or however many bedrooms that it had. Plumbing. Yeah, Yeah, and plumbing was a huge issue. But I think it was a little bit of both of false advertising and false marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, we should dream big and reach for the stars. But at some point, we have to come down and think about reality. Mm-hmm. Think about how much we can do or cannot do within the time that we're allowed. Um, so I'm not saying to not think big. But
but just to think realistically yeah, and be at, the, at the same time. Yeah. At the end of the day, there are, you know, legal ramifications for falsely advertising to people. You right. know, there's a whole division of the FTC that deals with false advertising, making sure that, you know, us marketers and advertisers are taking the responsibility ourselves to make sure that we're not deceiving the public. We're not selling things that people aren't going to receive or they're going to receive you know, something entirely different. Right. So it is our responsibility as marketers to kind of know what we're advertising and take it upon ourselves to be honest with people. Right. Especially our clients and let them know when something isn't right Mm -hmm. um, and just try to persuade them to do more of the right thing more. Mm -hmm. So as marketers, we should definitely know when to have that conversation with our clients um, about these type of situations Mm -hmm. to make sure that these type of extreme measures don't happen if they're avoidable. Yeah. You know, overall, the direction that Hulu took on, you know, releasing their own documentary for this, it was just brilliant. It worked great. It's just kind of a shame that there even had to be documentaries made about how much of a shit show this was. Yeah. So next time you're on social media or walking around the store, just make sure you pay attention to brands' marketing efforts. Don't always believe everything. Mm -hmm. Don't take everything at face value. But be more mindful about the different tactics and marketing ploys that you see out because even though they might look good, they could still be good, but also a ploy just to get more recognition and more awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you are a marketer or advertiser, at the end of the day, it is your responsibility to know what you're advertising. So just be mindful of, can you really trust this client? Are they delivering on everything that they said they would be? You know, are we being used? Mm -hmm. Just kind of of being mindful because, you know, there are people out there like Billy McFarland that just want to scam people and they will do absolutely (laughs) anything to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're a marketer or a communicator, we would like to know your thoughts. If you watched both of the documentaries or one, we would like to know which one you liked better. And just a little bit more information about how you feel and your thoughts about how this whole festival went down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Join us next week. We are going to have a special version of this podcast, which we're going to do once every month. We are going to have all of our developers come into the podcast room and they are just going to talk their heads off about Mm -hmm. coding. I don't really know what they get up to, but I know they're going to be (laughs) discussing uh, WordPress 5.0, which has been a hot topic around our office lately. So stay tuned for a very angry Josh, I I presume. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Na 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 na